After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Welcome to Mind Rolling Podcast. I'm David Silver, and I'm so happy to be in Alexander, North Carolina with Raghu Marcus in his studio office, my bedroom. <laughs> it's great here. It's, today is quite warm, and it's just redolent with blossoms, and it just makes you feel happy to be seeing the day. Welcome, Raghu. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know. You didn't even introduce me. You I, just said, at the Dave, end. I'm David Silver. Yes. Thank you, David. And nice to have you here in Asheville. It's great. Because that makes more sense in some dipshit little town that I'm <laughs> be living in. Um, yeah. So uh, I have a new member uh, of our whole really? cast and crew that I'd like to introduce to you who's who's decided... To help us out, uh, we haven't even done any kind of suggestions about how everybody can help support us in the last couple of episodes. So, uh, so I'm I I'm taking advantage of of one of our volunteers to who said that they would come on and and, and really try and forward uh, our cause, our support. Where's she from? How'd you know she? Well, you, I, well, I just assumed for some yes. reason. Bernadette is from... Uh, Bernad some Bernadette or Bernadine? Bernadine. Bernadine. <laughs> Bernadine. Okay. Yes, you know more about her than I do. I've met her in the corridor. Yes. And Bernadine is some, somewhere south London, I think. Yeah. Is, is, would be it. Right? That's, that's what she said. Okay, so here she is. Hello! <laughs> Hello, David. Hello, Rocco. Hello, all you listeners out there in the United States of... Well, um... Raghu invited me to be here, and um, I want the boys uh, to talk today about the um, the uh, dilution of mindfulness practice. All right? It's gripping me. I'm gripped by the dilution of mindfulness practice. So I want to know their opinions, and then you can comment on the website. However, you must, we love the fact that you've been supporting... Uh, this, this, uh, excuse me, we madam. Had, oh, yeah. What? I, I, I have a couple of dogs that are hanging out with us in the studio that have become entirely freaked out by you. And, uh, your energy is just absolutely, they're completely insane running back and forth. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you. she should just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. All right. It's just terrible. Okay. Bernadine, would you just not be screaming like that? The dogs are really upset. Um, 
driving. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for all your donations. That's what the boys have been saying to me, and I say too, because I got a cup of tea out of this. Uh, <laughs> and really, we're very, very grateful to those who are doing the recurring, recurring donations. That's very kind and helps a lot. Uh, if you go to the website in whichever form, you can find the Amazon button portal and buy whatever you want on Amazon and they get money. A little bit, but it adds up, don't it? <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. yes. Could you, you just keep it down a bit, though, Bernie? It's a little weird. All right, Dave. Um, <laughs> well, uh, so there's that. And then it's audible, audible.com which has a free trial for, I believe, two books on the first month. And um, it's a great thing because all the great masters and some not-so-great masters are on there, and you can listen to what you want. And you get a free trial, and then if you don't want to do it, well, then you scarper. You go. All right. And then there's a donate button, which is probably bigger than the others, and you just hit that, and you donate. All right. That's terrific. Are you done now? Is that it? Because I'm not sure about this new... Uh, member of the mind rolling yeah. team. Well, we shouldn't be that sure. About Let's her. talk about that. Bye, Bernadine. Bye. Um, but uh, at, uh, so, thanks for uh, indulging and uh, us. Uh, I'm talking to the to uh, basically my dogs that you <laughs> that got completely freaked on that one. Um, so I want to. Um, Let's go to the meat of the thing here in terms of uh, the support, which is what we like to do, which is recommend a couple of things. So what do you got? Oh, yeah, I got a few things. Um, first, I'd like to recommend the new Trevor Hall album, which I'm sorry I don't have the title, but if you go to our Amazon portal, you'll find it. Any Trevor album is great, but he's got a new one that just came out, and I would recommend that. And then another album, Tracker by Mark Knopfler. Uh, Mark's, you know, doesn't do that many albums. He's the sweetest of guitar players, one of the greatest in in rock history, really. So this new album, I've listened to it. It's great. Amazon, get it. I got uh, Trevor the name. Oh, please, yes. Yeah. It's called "Unpack Your Memories." It actually, and one of the songs he played at Ramdas's uh, had a workshop about uh, I don't know a couple of months ago. And he played this one song from it. It was absolutely terrific. So I will vouch for, for Trevor. We love Trevor. I can't, what about Van Morrison? The record came out just this past week. I think you recommended Duets. it. Yeah, once. we did already Do recommend it, again, it though, yeah. but it, you must get There's one mm-hmm. cut with uh, Mavis Staples. Oh. Um, Lord, if I ever needed someone, I need you. I oh. tell you, it's worth the whole thing. I mean, you yeah. can just, I guess, buy that song, but, you know, there's a, a bunch of great songs. Anyhow, Van, Van the Man. Yeah, Mavis Staples. For those of you who don't know the Staples singers, they were a, a father and two daughters, uh, and, and amazing, Mavis still here, and did gospel, but in a way like Aretha Franklin tripled. They were fantastic. Recommend them too, for actually. Um I want to recommend a book called Reggae Scrapbook, Uh, a most beautiful book. I have a copy. Uh, It's by Roger Steffens and Peter Simon, and it is the absolute best book ever to buy on reggae for a coffee table. It's just incredible. Peter's taken thousands of photographs of the greatest reggae masters, obviously Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, Burning Spear, all of them. And um, they're all in there, but there's a, a commentary with it 
Mm. And it's collaged in such a way. It's the most beautiful design. I highly recommend it. There are expensive versions of it, and there are cheap, cheaper versions of it. Uh, okay. I would like to recommend, and here's an oldie, a goodie. Grist to the mill, Ramdas. I mean, seriously. Why are you... I don't know why. I just was looking at it on the shelf. Not that you shouldn't, but I mean, it's a crazy thing, but... I just thought, for those that haven't read it, it's there. It's just as good now as the day it was published. Well, it was republished in January by right. uh, Harper Collins, so Harper won. So, uh, and it's uh, it is great. It's all great. And the last thing I would like you to look for is an album, a CD called Beyond Life, which I produced, and it's with Timothy Leary. I did it with Tim, and Jim Jim Wilson, who's a terrific producer that Rago and I worked with. And it's 10 or 12 tracks of Timothy's words that I took and then put over beats of it all kinds. On, it's on iTunes and all? I think so, because I saw, it, I saw something referenced to it recently. But if it isn't, you know. The thing is, the CD is the only CD ever produced with a triple hologram on the cover. It's the only one and still is the only one. Hmm. And uh, we concocted it. It was enormously expensive. And we should probably have not done it, but it's fantastic. It's Timothy Leary in three poses, meditating. Hmm talking and sitting under oh, a tree. Oh, yeah, I remember and it. You just move yeah. it, and it does it. It's Do we remarkable. have a copy of that? I have two. Two. This yeah. is probably, we should but go it, to eBay. It, it. It's a beautiful thing, and, and I recommend it. And Al Jorgensen from Ministry, and I actually wrote the last track on it with Tim Leary, and it's the best track, I think. Hmm. They're all great. Anyway, there's that, and that's enough. That's it, yeah. Thanks for the support. Really, everybody, we we do appreciate it. It's, it is... Getting subs- substantially um, increased that support and uh, allowing us to even think of doing some of the expansive ideas that 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 we have, and we're going to talk more about in future podcasts about what we have planned. I have an end of the world thing, Dave. Good. It? It's good. Okay. <laughs> Well, some people, do they write and say, you know, enough of your end of the world? At the beginning of the end of the world, they did. The beginning of the end. <laughs> but now they've <laughs> got used to it. And they, yeah. Okay. So the end is just fine. I think so. All right. Obama orders homosexual chemtrail missions over Indiana Day after religious freedom bill passed. Okay. What? Have you, I mean. No. This is the big American news. Okay? And where did you see it? I saw it on the internet. What am I going to tell you? You can see a picture of this chemtrails coming off a huge plane, right? Okay, that that proves everything is true. I mean, what's going... I mean, you just said something about the governor of Connecticut has stopped anyone, I guess, in their employee to go to Indiana. I mean... I'm happy to mention that because I like to, to always bring up great politicians who do their job and should be elected and are doing the right thing in this incarnation, I think. Governor Dan Malloy of Connecticut is one of them. I live close to Connecticut. I see a lot of his actions. And, and after the terrible shootings in Sandy Hook, he took a most courageous and amazing stand for any politician on gun control, finally having lost, you know, 20-odd children in his state. However, his new thing is that he's banning all state-funded travel to Indiana, where Governor Mike Pence has uh, put into law this religious freedom law, which allows people to be horrible to gays. In other words, they come into your uh, shoe store wanting a pair of, um, you know, Nikes, and the uh, salesman is allowed to say, really sorry, 
you're gay. We don't, we, we don't serve gay people because it's against our Christian principles. So Governor Malloy has banned all state-funded travel to Indiana. The cities of Seattle and San Francisco, big surprise, have also taken uh, sanctions against Indiana and the um, irrepressible Governor Mike Pence, who uh, appears to be, you know, quite insane. Mm. What to do with this? Uh, I mean, we do bring this up a lot. We find these things or they appear. uh, And there's such an affront to humanity. uh, It's hard not to uh, immediately knee-jerk react to it. Uh, uh, We're doing our best to... (laughs) <laughs> to no, get over ourselves, uh, and we try to remind each other yeah. that uh, everyone wants to be happy. That's the best phrase that we can bring yes. into. It's the reset button we were talking about recently that somebody brought up, which is very important. The reset button. So, Dave and I, we're trying to reset on this. Well, I mean, it is an issue though, because obviously, someone who is depriving people of happiness and allowing them to have their feelings hurt and not to be able to shop in the state they're born in, the person that does that has to be called on it. I don't care what. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's a service to tell people and be activist about it because, okay, if they don't agree and they believe that, you know, religious freedom is being really challenged by gay people coming in and buying things. I mean, it's an, it's an outrageous act and it passed. So we should all stand up against it because it's making a lot of gay people very unhappy. And they should be happy. They want to be happy. Anybody should be unhappy with the Everybody, level yeah. of ignorance that, that is obviously Stunning. existing there. It's, yeah. uh, but this, the, the good side of it is yep. that Governor Malloy and people in Seattle and San Francisco have raised up immediately right. to do sanctions. And, and that works. It works. And it works. Right. Good. Good. Um, here's something that is sort of the end of the world and the beginning of the world at the same time. You imagine having something like that? China orders the Dalai Lama to reincarnate after death. Reasonable. Yeah. And as you said, great. I hope he follows their orders because we sure want him to do such a thing. Yeah. Given what he is and who he is. The government of China is ordering the Dalai Lama to reincarnate after his death (laughs) and accusing the Tibetan spiritual leader of blasphemy for saying he might not be reincarnated after he dies. The, b- the bizarre demands being made by the ruling Chinese Communist, Communist Party stem from the comments the Dalai Lama made earlier this year stating he might not be reincarnated. Comments made after the Chinese government said they must approve of the next supposed <laughs> reincarnation of the Dalai Lama. You know, they have the second in line, Panchen Lam. We yeah. talked about that. Yes, yeah. we did. At a yeah. meeting of China's National People's Congress, the head of Tibet's regional Congress, Padma Choling, sounds like... That's a nice name. Yeah. It sounds nice. It does. Yeah. But, mm. but Pudman, appointed by the Chinese Communist Party, Pudman said that that the Dalai Lama must be reincarnated, reincarnated. Whether he wants to cease reincarnation or not, this decision is not up to him. Okay? It's when he became the 14th Dalai Lama, it was not his decision. That's true. <laughs> he was chosen following a strict system dictated by religious rules and etc etc can he decide when to stop reincarnating that is impossible what he wants is to distort reality yeah, now wait a minute the whole thing is completely insane because 
Well, I'm the Chinese since for 60 years now, 65 years, the oppressors of Tibet wanted no Dalai Lama, I mean, no His Holiness. Forget about it. They, were, they never recognized him. They were horrible to him. They killed tons of his people and they threw him out. Of, he ran out. Of, I mean, it couldn't be worse. So now they're saying, we want you back. What is going on here? What is no, the matter it, with these people? They want to control, just like the, they want to control the, the hierarchy of Tibetan lamas. And, yeah. you know, so it's just unbelievable. It's, it's foolishness. Um, in addition, yeah. the governor this week um, for, for, uh, accused the Dalai Lama of blasphemy for doubting reincarnation. <laughs> doubting reincarnation. Tibetan Buddhists believe the soul of a senior lama is reincarnated in the body of a child on his death. The current Dalai Lama was chosen as head of his religion as a boy, and it tells that whole story. Um, but what they're saying is only China has the right to choose a successor. So it's all about control. They've forgotten. In, they're so control crazy. They've forgotten that they really don't like this whole reincarnation religious Dalai Lama thing yeah. at all. Never did. And so now, they, oh, woo, that is really head spinning. So you, you read about all this stuff. And, and of course, and His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, comes to this country a lot and... Uh, there's there always is a potential chance for anyone to to sit with him and so on and but these kinds of things uh, you know the insanity of the chinese is not so insane to his holiness and tibetans in relation to the fact that there is absolutely no communication lines of any kind of that make any kind of sense that would uh open a dialogue between tibet and and china uh and uh, they obviously are going in the other direction, and they're not even uh, there's not one moment mm. that they're considering anything like this, which is a horror, for, you know, for for the particularly Tibetan as Raga for thirty years now, the Han people of China, who are contiguous, I believe, to Tibet, have moved in to Tibet to all the most lucrative and powerful positions. Whereas indigenous Tibetans are, in general, not put in any of those positions. So there's actually been an invasion similar to the Russian deal with, uh, you know, Ukraine and, and, and Croatia, based on the idea that the Han are really sort of the same as the Tibetans. They're right there, and they are allowed to go there. But because they're Chinese, they are being given totally preferential treatment. People may know all this stuff, Raghu, but it's always worth letting them know why... Uh, His Holiness is such an amazing figure on, in the world right now. Hmm. And here's something else, just keeping on the Tibetan trail a little bit. This all happened. They got eviscerated and they destroyed. They, they went out of Tibet and they went into India with as much as they could take with them and, uh, and therefore were dispersed throughout right. the world to us fast forward to where we are here in mm -hmm. you know spring of 2015 right and a lama named karmapa ha has arrived and is touring around the united states so he um his line stretches back to the 12th century He's been training for the for uh, for for the role that he's in now since he was seven, right? He's about thirty thirty one right now. Uh, 
right? The six, he's the 17th Karmapa, the 16th died in Illinois in 1981. Listen to what his agenda is, though, and related to who we are, and especially we talk about millennial generation and how they really care about the environment. How they care about social action. There's, there's a desire to take act. There's way more desire to take action. And we talk about the difference between you know, when we were uh, going through these kinds of transformations back when. So um, he just spoke at Harvard, right? Divinity School. And he walked in there, and his predecessor, right? Previous in- incarnation, who died in 1981, in the late 70s had gone to Harvard Divinity School and given a talk in the exact same spot. So he said, the new Karmapas came in and he said, so happy to be back here at Harvard, <laughs> okay, in a natural way. And what he spoke out was issues ranging from LGBT rights, okay, we were just talking, right? Hello. Improving the status of women within Buddhism, race relations, and the importance of protecting the environment. Like many religions, Tibetan Buddhism has often pushed to the side broader societal issues in favor of personal piety, which is, are we not talking about that when we're talking about our own referencing ourselves coming up late 60s, early 70s, of just, it was all about your, pretty much, I mean, there was a lot, there was the people who were protesting and there was the people who were doing the inner thing. There wasn't much of a mix-up there between okay so this is obviously at its height in tibet not only is the karmapa talking about them publicly but he is also taking action he started an initiative to turn monasteries into centers for environmental sustainability and he recently announced an effort to establish full monastic ordination of women for the first time within the tibetan tradition i mean this is a completely modern, uh, contempor- I mean, he's 30, 31 years old, and he's taking these you know, ancient, te- talking about ancient teachings for modern times, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is our little MindPod network tagline, everybody. Ancient wisdom for, for modern times. And this Lama, this Karmapa represents that completely and fully. Pretty pretty amazing stuff. Um and his talk there, by the way, is called Caring for Life on Earth in the 21st Century. He, he exhorted his audience to care for all life and spoke about the importance of cultivating compassion and concern for the environment. The food we eat, the clothes we wear, the air we breathe have all arisen interdependently, he said, speaking through a translator. We cannot survive alone. We cannot eat, wear clothes, or breathe alone. The more keenly we are aware of this, the more we will begin to take responsibility for the welfare of other beings. Anyhow, I love this, and I love him. And I'm, I, yeah, I mean, we, we, we had uh, Kitisaro and Tanasaro on, uh, two great Buddhist teachers uh, on the podcast. And when we read the, uh, their book, Listening to the Heart, the latter part of the book, speaks a lot about their Buddhist um, perspective and potential activity. 
uh, for the planet's uh, ecosystem. And, and it's, it isn't new because we know that there, were, there are sutras that talk about maintaining, you know, in other words, Buddha. Buddha was, my, my, my mic is not working, is it? Working beautifully. Okay, but you were pointing, I'm not close to it enough. All right. You're just fine. Okay, pardon us. Um, what was I saying there? I forgot the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Kittisaru and Tinasaru, they wrote this book. And in it, there's much Buddhist perspective on, on particularly the environment, but also racial issues and gender issues and the same thing. So clearly, a point of evolution has arrived, and leaders, Kamapa, His Holiness, and then teachers, many of whom we've had on, our, on on the podcast and we know um and you know you know moving towards a spot where it's saying the most benefit for the most people all sentient beings may all sentient beings be happy and if you really know what that means it means may all sentient beings survive on a healthy whole planet with uh food for their family and shelter and no oppression or violent intervention into their lives but a policy a global policy to stop the um, attack on the on the planets the planets the mother earth you don't attack your mother it's just no one does that even bad like bad psycho killers <laughs> they don't kill their mother you know mm. and and that's what we're doing so uh the buddhists are uniting mm. i mean they're not really they're just all spontaneously what? Seeing that they they can contribute to people's awareness and and what get Buddhists, yeah. What Buddhists are you speaking of? Kitisara, the, oh, oh the, they're the Buddhists, yeah, yeah. And 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 that that you just read from the Karmapa, Karmapa. Yeah. yeah. I see. And Jack Cornfield's article in Shambhala yeah, Sun. Yeah, Jack is totally into about, social action. You know, the Burmese. Uh, there's been this very bad thing happening in Burma where, yeah. you know. Yeah. People posing as Buddhists, just like people pose as uh, uh, Islamics, you know, and, and are really psycho killers. Uh, the same thing happening there. And mm -hmm. Jack wrote a marvelous article about it, which described the history of it and why it's happening, and why it's 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 not it's not really that disturbing in the sense that it's very disturbing. These people are awful, but they're not really Buddhists at all. You know who else? Uh, a part of our low hanging hanging fruit family yeah. is Roshi Joan. Is very much knows how to blend activism, social action, and act activism with uh, practice. And she talks about that. Um, I think she talked about it on this Blessing of Mortality thing that we did with Ramdas. But mm. we, we should bring her into it. I think, because it's a very important subject, how to do that, how to not get caught in the duality of the us and them, um, how to really bring yourself through your practice to be present in a way that can carry a force where things can change and that you have to be so empty to do that so mm. it's a tough road to navigate uh, so talking about practice okay um and i showed you this uh, thing i found uh it's another thing on mindfulness and, and david went right it's enough about mindfulness <laughs> Talked enough about it. Who, I mean, it's just ridiculous. No, not about mindful, but we've talked a lot about this exact thing, which is skepticism about mindfulness. So we're going to do it again. Well, this isn't skepticism. This is like backlash. 
It's called backlash. Backlash is worse. Um, so 2014, they're calling this a year of mindfulness and a uh, mindful revolution in American culture. Everyone from Rupert Murdoch, great, he's doing mindfulness. Anderson Cooper to Lena Dunham spoke out about the virtues of meditation and mindfulness. The cultivation of a focused, non-judgmental awareness on the present moment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so now, uh, 2015 might be the year of backlash. Backlash. Okay. So, see, you're having a very cynical reaction, which is, I'm going to get get to something, though, that's going to no, no, change you, your mind. You'll see. No, you dialectic know? is part of human nature, it yes. seems. So. Uh, labeling meditation the latest obsession of the white upper, upper middle class. Okay? <laughs> so, the, there's a warnings now about the risks of mindfulness in the workplace right you can actually <laughs> get hurt or something um <laughs> this any, is a whole thing these people so, are mindlessness people writing this they're mindless see okay I i'm sorry to, and i no, love them too no wasn't them i love them so much my widespread implementation is premature of mindfulness Despite the marketing of mindfulness as the latest hobby of the 1%, this is the latest hobby of the 1%. Good. We it comes to the benefits of a practice. The science is incontrovertible. Oh, that's okay. good. That's a, All right. That's and, good. and so, and here's, here's the payoff, okay? Yes. Just given you <laughs> and everybody else who's listening their cynical reaction to this BS in this article about yes. who gives a shit what you're talking about, about mindfulness is ridiculous. But now, uh -huh. if the research is conclusive about one thing, it's this. Practicing mindfulness for any purpose, any purpose, get rich scheme, no problem, boosts feelings of compassion, empathy, and connection with others. As the study showed, connection with others and those who spent just two weeks practicing meditation were more likely to act selflessly to help others in need. Okay? Come on. I mean, that's the most bloody obvious <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm leaving. It's just, it's just right. stupid. Okay, then forget no, no, about no, it. No, 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 seriously. I do want to comment on it because... I want to read poetry, right? Well, you can do that. Okay. Uh, well, I'll do that. <laughs> no. Um, how can anybody think you need to have a science when, you know, people have studied for decades and meditated for thousands of hours who are the people that write the books about this and give the courses. And if that isn't spiritual science, holy science, you know, like... Really, these people are not just saying be mindful. Uh, Joseph Goldstein and the rest. Uh, they, it's an intricate discipline. And I think what you said at the end is really true, that anybody who does it has to feel compassion much more than they did because you're mindful of other people's presence on the planet. Well, you uh, start being mindful of your own. You you're start with more that. More of your own who true true nature, as they would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean... 
I understand why the word words like backlash and everything, because that's you know typical kind of magazine Vanity Fair, New York, or even yeah. New York Times. You know, they need to have this. It's a big maw that has to be fed. And it's fed sometimes by people who are close to these other things like meditation, yoga, people who work for the times. They know people who do yoga and they do it maybe. And then they sort of get in on that because they've run out of saying things about um, Hillary Clinton or Ted Cruz or the Apple Watch or something. But, you know, seriously, folks, I would say to everyone that's listening, the more mindfulness, the better. Well, you know, it's really like we talk the same stuff around yoga, right? We've been over uh, it more than once on these podcasts. The, the fact that the you know complete commercialization of yoga in, in this country in one way and in another way, we hear from people themselves who say, we took some yoga, we had no idea of what it was. Obviously, there was an attraction to get more fit or whatever the uh, uh, accolades that you can come to around what yoga does for you. And then suddenly we, we were in a class and someone mentioned meditation and or someone led a little meditation. I'd never really meditated. And click, 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 click. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with this mindfulness stuff. We've, and we have said that uh, more than once. All of these things are absolutely... Whatever it is that you like, do it. It's that, do that one thing. Who said that? Ajahn Chah, right? Ajahn Chah. Yeah, yeah. We, we love this Tanisara and Kitasaro. I, it's hard to pronounce their name. Um, Buddhist teachers, by the way. Great uh, Let's uh, pronounce podcast. her name right so they know. It's, okay. What is it? It's Tanisara. Uh, Tanisara. Yeah. And Kitasaro. Yeah. Her husband. Tanisara and Kitasaro. Yeah. It's uh, she's from England, from where near David and where he's from, and he is uh, from Brooklyn. You know, he's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's Close. right by there. For God's sake, you have to correct me. <laughs> I just am being mindful about. Yes, it. this is true. Uh, we, we did love that. Th- those oh. those folks really came oh. uh, with some wonderful information. Uh, absolutely wonderful information. Um, so, um, I, what's next here? What am I some kind of, you know, showrunner or something? Well, for God's sake, I yeah, have something. I, oh, I wanted to do that. I'm so did. upset. All right. I'll let you do it, but I picked it. They're so great. Okay. So listen, everybody, we, today I got a book that a publisher sent me and, uh, it's called breaking the drought. Visions of Grace, Stephen Levine, and we've talked a lot about Stephen. He's part of the low-hanging fruit family, <laughs> too. And uh, uh, Stephen uh, is really way more known. I mean, I wasn't that aware. Ramdas gave uh, this book t- to me, and I lost it, and so I'm so happy to get it back. Um, but I didn't know he, he was a, a poet of this kind. And everybody out there, Stephen wrote some fabulous books uh, about uh, uh, around death and and uh, and dying and dealing with all of that. I mean, he spent decades working on that. So anybody, I highly recommend his books. Like a lot, right alongside Sogyal Rinpoche's mm-hmm. uh, the book of uh, living and dying, the Tibetan book of living and dying, both. 
of those people, if you have anybody who's in any kind of nearness or sick or whatever, uh, those books, I highly recommend them. And so, but Stephen has this poetry book, Breaking the Drought, Drought, Drought? Yeah, Drought. Drought. You know, Drought. Drought. It's a weird word when you look at it. Yeah, it's really mm. nuts. Here, you want to read um, this right here? <laughs> You're really going to let me do this? Okay. Yeah, that you said. Uh, you read one right there. I read the whole book pretty much in one go. Well, I thought we, uh, we could talk about this because yeah. uh, it's uh, it's just that one page. Yeah, uh, it's called If Prayer Would Do It. If prayer would do it, I'd pray. If reading esteemed thinkers would do it, I'd be halfway through the patriarchs. If discourse would do it, I'd be sitting with his holiness every moment he has free. If contemplation would do it, I'd have translated the periodic table to hermit poems, converting matter to spirit. If even fighting would do it, I'd already be a black belt. If anything other than love could do it, I've done it already and left the hardest for last. Isn't that great? Oh, that's so <laughs> right on. Left the hardest for last. So it, it, it also reminds... They're all that great. Every single one of the poems. Yeah. No, I know. Every one. I mean, it is, obviously, this is uh, spiritual illusion in his poetry are, are powerful because they're so unique. Um, but what this, what I got from this was something that we're going to be investigating further, uh, part of uh, my work with Ramdas, uh, and that is a, um, and I think I've mentioned it, we're, we're, there's a retreat at the end of April in uh, Maui, and uh, with Ramdas and uh, Krishnadas and Roshi Joan Halifax uh, and, and and others, including my my own dear wife Saraswati, teaching yoga. Uh, but it's called cultivating the courage to love. That's what's we're what, that is what we're going to investigate, and that's why I was reminded of it, Dave. If anything other than love could do it, I've done it already already, and left the hardest for last. And I think mm. that thing around uh, courage uh, is an important topic to uh, further and discuss. And uh, uh, Okay. Discuss. Courage. Can you quote the line again? I didn't mean right now, by the way. Oh, oh, but okay. No, go ahead. I, it's well, good. no, no. I mean, it's I such a great uh, point because, it. you know. If anything other than love could do it, I've done it already and left the hardest for last. Yeah. yeah. Because it is. It is the, the yeah. most difficult, especially with the reference of what love is in our, in our culture. I mean, that word all, all by itself is completely banal. And... Uh, but we know what it is. I mean, even though it it has you know modernized to a place of banality, it, it it's it's in the Bible, big time, particularly in the New Testament, in terms of Jesus's love for all mankind, and that, in other words, like a, the Buddha, a great yogi who realized this and that his way of teaching how how to love was to show his courage in 
sacrificing himself so that other people could, in my opinion, so that other people forever would go, oh my God, they crucified Christ's consciousness. Oh my God. And just be reviled by that and know that Christ's consciousness was taken by the Romans and murdered. And, and from that time onwards, compassion was front and center rather than something else. Judgment. Mm. Big change. Big change. And Buddha is all about that. All about the courage to love and be intimate with all sentient beings. Well, okay, so love, obviously we're talking unconditionality. Right. That's the only love. We're not talking about interpersonal. We're talking about the love or we're not talking about romantic love. We're talking about something that doesn't people do not encounter necessarily very often and certainly not I mean there are some of us that are encountering it on a day to day. I can think of a, at least one person. Mm-hmm. Uh but for the most part that's a difficult thing. So what what obviously cultivating if we're cultivating something it, it means it's probably an important thing and mm-hmm. and we need to figure out how we can get with uh uh the totality of the concept of unconditional love where you're actually with another human being and you are living in a place where you do not care what comes back it is one way okay very very difficult and so i think the courage starts to come in that you actually encounter what of the what are the the boundaries that we create in ourselves to not have that uh intimacy which you were just talking about right we create so many boundaries so and courage so the there's a story i get that we tell some of the same stories over and over but you know what it really applies in this particular instance okay um and this is a story from from Krishnas, our good friend and part of MindPod Network. He was in India, and he was with Maharaji, our guru, Neem Karoli Baba. And he was actually uh, staying in a hotel in Bombay, and Maharaji, that's who he's called, what he's called, uh, we came, to, came to the hotel, and he'd hang out in one of the rooms with uh, this, this particular specific devotee who... Uh, Actually, was a man of the world, owned a factory, and was just sort of hanging out there. And Krishnadas and one other uh, friend uh, ended up in a room with them over several days. It was pretty incredible, considering there wasn't anybody else around. I mean, so this is... uh, So as he tells it, Hmm. uh, he's just sitting there, Maharaji says... Courage is everything. And this guy, the Indian man, his name was Barman, said, oh, of course, but you mean that, you know, the, the guru does everything and there's uh, grace is uh, blah, 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 right? Which is what we would all think. And then Maharaji looked at him and Krishnas and went, courage is everything. Again, okay. And Krishnadas has said, just hearing that, over time, whenever he was in a place where fear was there, an inability to transform the moment, whatever it was, whatever 
impediments were, were put up to just being here now, that would come to him. Courage is everything. And it would give him some fortitude to be able to encounter the disturbing emotions, the lack of self-honesty, the, the things that keep us from being able to know the interconnectedness that we truly have with everyone. Never mind everyone. Just pick your wife, husband, child, mother, father, you know. Yeah, try it with them. Yeah, just, just <laughs> try it out there. So, yeah, yeah. So, so this poem just really reflects to me mm. that particular, the hardest for last and it's so some people would think it was easiest but it's the hardest because everything else really doesn't eventually cut it for you to join the club the club of the universe to really be a member with all members and of one member you know kind of oneness and that's the last thing because he says in another poem you know about he was very very is very very close to his wife andrea and he talks about loss um if it were your wife, for instance, mm. and uh, how even that can bring uh, grace and the love that comes from dealing with that is actually the richest love of all. The richest love is coming from continuing to love after loss and destruction. Do you want to hear another one? Yeah. Um, I don't this know. is a new thing. Yeah. We I should do. have like our poetry hour. Well, yeah, as long as it's poetry. like this, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Many have gone mad is the name of this poem. Poem, you called it. Poem. Yeah. Many have gone mad looking for a solid center, but there is none. We think of centering as only a continual narrowing of focus until we touch the pearl. But in practice, it is often a continual expansion of focus until we become the ocean. Our center is vast space, boundless awareness, indistinguishable from unconditional love. Of course I play the fool when I dare allow consciousness to describe itself. Isn't that the birth of the ego, the I am this that closed behind us when we entered the body. <laughs> it's so marvelous a poem. It's all in there. It's like the big bang of poetry as far as I'm concerned. Did, had you read this before? Yeah, I, I read, no, I read the whole thing. This, this I mean, this is your first encounter with it today. Yeah, and I read an article somewhere that said that Stephen Levine had to be, you know, many years, he did, people knew he wrote poetry, but he left it late in his life because he considers his as b other books more uh, useful to the world mm. uh, you know the, the dying books and so forth and this is the cream of the coffee as far as mm. I'm concerned one more oh. you you read it because I really like your reading did, did you uh, choose it okay. yeah uh. mm. it's called this awkward speck of dust this awkward speck of dust this universe, time, and every act and thought from mineral to man, deposited in the library of my marrow. I do not know what I know. It enters through another door, disturbs my fragile understandings, rattles my dinnerware, and knocks all my trophies off their shelves. 
breathed in loving madness, revealed beyond the mind and the shape of things, do not be betrayed by philosophies and enlightenments. All there is to be was yours before you began. Hmm. It's like meditations. They're so beautiful. They're, they're, uh, wow. And I mean, they're not about bliss, rapture things. Right. They're about the things that challenge us most and coming to terms with them. And the, and the, the realities yeah. of what unconditional yeah. love and the boundless awareness. I mean, it's um, extremely uh, poignant in one way because, as you say, he's talking about our stuff. Yeah. And then on the other hand, he's talking about what reality is. So he's really... Stephen Levine, folks, I'm like, uh, really got into a, a, quite a nice little space from that poetry. Right yeah, now. no, I did too uh, before. We really should pick I, out other stuff, you know? Or, or I, I mean, the caliber of, uh, you know, poets usually, you know, are poets and everything, but he's, you know, many things, but he's been one of the great, 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 you know, ameliorators of our time yeah and uh, and his wife and his son so you know but the poetry right. we just did a thing yeah. with uh noah with a couple noah, of right ago. but the poetry is different it's it throws you instantly into this realization yeah. it, uh, and it has a uh, sometimes a sad beauty but you even he takes you beyond the sadness but he takes you to the sadness first right it's fantastic yeah yeah by the way, reading it, if you guys out there, anybody gets the book, uh, reading it out loud, especially with someone else, is very effective. Uh, uh, even with, like, when you get together, uh, satsang, community of any sort, uh, reading a couple of these kinds of poems can set out a, a, a beautiful meditative space that everybody can kind of just... Uh, link into and drop into uh, great idea Levine refers to three poets in this book Walt Whitman mm -hmm. is in one of the poems Rilke is in another poem and Rumi is in another poem and those are three if just <laughs> off plants of this particular human being who loves them uh, check out Rilke and Rumi and Whitman yeah and you get the same instant can we vibe. I can Let's pick some poems from those three. Okay. How about Hafiz? Can we add him? Oh, def. Oh, yeah. We have. To. If I refuse that, you should ask me to leave. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't leave. Hafiz is so great. Yeah. Oh. Hafiz. Oh yeah. my God. Kabir. Yeah. Kabir. Okay. Mm. Poetry podcast coming up, everybody. Yeah. Okay. If you're wildly against it, please let us know. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> People will be. Will no. Nobody can against poetry it's I don't, like being I, against baseball or you know i don't like, like poetry readings and poetry sessions and poetry you know don't slammed i don't know i mean i've been to because i live in new york and i've been to many of them in my life and it was always weird no this is different. so no but recently yeah a dear friend of mine a really close friend of mine invited me to one that she was reading in with two other poets i was reluctant but i wanted to honor her so i went and it was fantastic really? it wasn't just good everybody in the place was just quiet because the poems were so crystal clear real you know right in front of you mm -hmm. i was amazed henrietta 
I know you listen to the podcast, but I'm saying oh. to you right now, Henrietta Weeks, you're a great reader of poetry and you're a great writer. By the way, I was asked by our uh, chief operating officer yes. of MindPod Network, yes. uh, Noah, to uh, make sure we thank Jackson. Jackson helped us yeah. out with transcriptions. Thank you. You can go to mindrolling.com or just go to mindpodnetwork.com and go to the mindrolling page. And we've got uh, transcriptions that we started putting up, which are pretty interesting uh, when we start to see on paper. And then, you know, they put the, uh, d- uh, uh, it's all in there. You know, Jackson like puts it a, all in. <laughs> yeah, he's got it all in there. Jackson, if you're listening to this, could you please cut out some of that? Crap no, that, don't. It's great. I like it. Uh, oh, okay. Cut it out. But the thing is, uh, what we've got to say is it's hard to transcribe. It's very mm. arduous. He's very, very literate. And, and wow. I mean, he, he's, Word perfect. Occasionally, there's something he hasn't heard before that he might. But, but I hope he listens to this entire podcast. You. you see, because uh, he's not going to get to this little thank you. Until he has to l- listen. You've listened now, Jackson, to the entire podcast. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. And by the way, we're cutting out the whole Bernadine person. I'm editing her. I'll get the no. thing. Send it to me. I'll, I'll no, her. no. People. No, I was hard. The dogs ran out of the room. What well, are you talking that's about? Something. Yes. All right. Listen. This is it. Mind rolling. We love your support, and we'd love you to continue it because uh, David was able to fly down here to do some podcasts, and he's with me right now. So that's part of where your support goes yeah. to, allowing us to do the kind of stuff yes. that we, we love to uh, share with you all. Mind Rolling Podcast on mindpodnetwork.com. See you next week. Bye, Dave. Bye-bye.